Maybe Oregon football won't be getting five-star quarterback recruit Nico Iamaleava, whose crystal ball now says he's going to Tennessee after reports of an NIL deal came out, and that got Oregon fans talking. I will address that on today's show. Plus, Oregon basketball gets a win in the first round of the NIT against Utah State, which just makes you wonder. Where was it before? We'll talk about that today here on Locked on Ducks. Here we go. You are Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster, lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day or your first view if you're watching on YouTube. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms, and it's your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single day. Like and subscribe to the channel here on YouTube if you are watching, if you have not already, if you are listening to the show on the podcasting platform of your choice, like and subscribe, leave a nice comment, five-star reviews. Those all help with the show here at Locked On Ducks. So, Talking some recruiting today, as we often do in college football. And by the way, before I get to to the guy that we'll just call Nico in the off chance that I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, though I think I've gotten it right after initially mistaking an I for an L. I think Iyama Leava, I would be willing to bet that, that that's correct, but I don't have that confirmed. So it's funny, it makes me think of uh, Mariota's debut when he... Uh, he, his mom had called into the broadcast or had, had gotten the word through the SID at Oregon, most likely to Joe Tessitore, who was calling that game against Arkansas State, to say that there was a hyphen in there and it was Mariota. And then as time went on, we all just kind of went with Mariota. I don't know exactly how that how that played out, but I remember that being a thing. And then it ended up not happening. But anyway, that's why we have SIDs in college sports. That's why we have pronunciation guides. So. Before I get to Nico, it was rumored. I said last week it was a rumor, but I did see it over the weekend. 2022 five-star offensive lineman out of the state of Washington, Josh Connerly Jr. did in fact visit the Oregon Ducks over the weekend. That was one of the guys who I talked about as being a potential high-impact player. Any five-star at, at a position is going to be that sort of caliber guy coming to Eugene. And he, he hasn't committed to Oregon yet. There's still a number of schools in the mix, and I'll keep you updated on his recruiting status as time goes on. But I'd said last week, and if you watch and listen to the show every day, I thank you for doing that, first of all. And second of all, I wanted to keep you updated. You know, I said, like, I, did, I don't know. This is rumored. It's reported. Don't know if it's going to happen. It did happen, and that's a good thing for the Ducks. We'll see if Dan Lanning and company, who are out and about at spring practices, can make it happen. But. A big recruit who's making some news is one Nico Iamaleava. Now, he had a crystal ball to Oregon. And what that means, I'm getting that from 24-7 Sports. As you know, that's where I go for most of my recruiting information. Occasionally, I'll look at another site like Rivals, maybe ESPN. But 24-7, I like the way their website is set up. They condense the information well. 
and they're well-sourced and accurate as well. They have a feature on there when you look at a recruit, for those of you that haven't been there, called Crystal Ball Prediction. And what happens is someone who is tied into the recruiting trail or tied into one of the schools can go in there and enter that he believes that this prospect is going to choose this school. Now, the reason is not listed on there. It's just a crystal ball prediction, but no one's going in there and putting a reason that 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 someone is just making up, right? No one no one's going to do that. So if that's happening, there's a reason. So he had a crystal ball to Oregon and that's why he got some discussion and that's why I talked about him here on the pod cuz Oregon was interested. The Ducks remain interested, by the way. And then something happened. I believe it was kind of over the weekend or in the last several days or so, last week, whatever. There were reports that came out of an $8 million NIL deal to a SoCal five-star quarterback prospect. And then Nico got a crystal ball to Tennessee. And that NIL deal was coming from Tennessee and went to a prospect. And many people are theorizing that it is Nico. There is a very good chance that it was because those two things coincided. Announcement of this deal. It's a bunch of money. Nico is a five-star Southern California quarterback prospect, the type who you would give that sort of deal to. And then all of a sudden the crystal ball changes without any other outside information that we can at least see coming in. Now, is there a 2% chance that it's some other prospect? Yeah, but that's a pretty slit. 2% might be generous. Let's just say. So let's operate under the assumption that that's it. And by the way, because you might have heard some hubbub online and people talking like, oh my gosh, this big NIL deal, taking a top quarterback prospect away from Oregon. He hasn't committed yet. Hasn't ha- hasn't happened. He hadn't committed to Oregon before, right? It was just a crystal ball. That's not an official prediction. That doesn't come directly from the recruit himself. That is coming from people who are in the know, making an assumption based on the information they have. They're not always right. They're not always right. They could be wrong. Maybe they're right. They often are. They have a really high hit rate, but Joe Lenardi this year went 67 for 68 picking the field of NCAA tournament teams. So even the best among us can be imperfect. That's all I'm going to say right now. I'll get to more on Nico and why it's not a huge deal if he does end up going to Tennessee instead of Oregon. But first, I want to tell you about Stat Hero. You know how much I love March Madness. I love brackets. Mine's filled out. I'll probably revise it a few times in the next couple of days, only to see it all get destroyed by the greatest sporting event in the world. But I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Hero's NCAA Pick'em contests because I can't remember the last time I actually won big doing March Madness the traditional way. Stat Hero's NCAA single-game pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads long odds or funky props stat hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix the simple sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes go check out stat hero today show is also brought to you by built bar i played golf earlier today as i often do and guess what i've got built bars in my bag ate one during the round No surprise, I played better on the back than I did on the front. They're covering 100% real chocolate, absolutely delicious, a bunch of great flavors. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. They've got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and why are they in my golf bag now? 17 grams of protein. It's massive. 
Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. I tried it. It's fantastic. And you know I'm a mint brownie guy. For those of you who've been with me for a while, I'm a huge mint brownie fan. Cookies and cream, it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. They're all delicious. New flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. Go check out Built Bar today. Replace your candy bar with Built Bars and you will get healthier. Guaranteed. So all this news is coming around with Nico. And it's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money. And Tennessee now has got the crystal ball for him. And by the way, Oregon and Tennessee, the only schools that are listed as, quote, warmer on on 24-7. All the other schools that are interested, UCLA among them, uh, they're they're warm, but Oregon and Tennessee are warmer. And so now, you know, assuming that these rumors are correct, and they appear to be, they they certainly do, but nothing's been confirmed. Assuming this $8 million NIL deal that uh, that has been put in play as, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it, a, a poker chip or showing your card, whatever, right? I I can't think of a great metaphor right now. So we'll just we'll just keep rolling with it. Here's here's a couple things about this potential $8 million deal for a high school recruit. He's never played a snap of college football. So bold strategy, Cotton. Now, is he the sort of player who, when I talked about NIL, however many episodes ago it was, and I said, look, it's just not going to radically change the landscape, save for a few high-profile recruiting battles. This is definitely one of those situations where this guy is a highly rated recruit. He plays the most important position, not just in football, but in all of sports. And so teams are going to want him really, really badly. He's tremendously talented. I would love for Oregon to get him. I hope they're able to overcome this and ultimately bring him to Eugene and maybe be Oregon's quarterback one day. I would love that. But if you're talking about $8 million for a guy who's never played college football, Man, that's a lot of money, and you could put those funds, if it's coming from a booster at the university indirectly, or I don't know, some of this NIL stuff can be kind of shady behind the doors, and I I don't really know. It's just kind of wild, wild west out there because there aren't rules regulating it. They just changed the rule and said, okay, go for it. So there aren't rules on it right now. Maybe there will be one day. Who knows? But if that money is coming from one or two boosters into your program, it's a lot of money for an unknown commodity. Yeah, he's a five-star recruit, but Bo Nix was a five-star recruit. Imagine if Auburn had sunk all that money in an NIL deal to Bo Nix, and they didn't really need to because he was a legacy quarterback there, and so that was a place he was probably going to go anyway. But let's say that they had, or maybe another school had, right? Say Auburn was attractive to Bo Nix, and then another school in the SEC came in and said, all right, we're going to give you an $8 million NIL deal. What's the ROI? Bo Nix was there for two and a half seasons, got hurt, had really inconsistent play, divided the Auburn fan base like few players have in the last decade or so. Would, would they look back and say, boy, it was worth a good thing we gave him all that money. By the way, this is not a anti Nico rant. As I said, he is a tremendously talented guy. I'm just saying from a, a smart investment standpoint, man, that's a lot of money for a 17, 18 year old kid. It, it's, it's a lot. And if he has that, it adds to the pressure, not just of being a quarterback at a power five football program, 
but that you have to live up to the hype and live up to the money. That's a lot to put on on a really, really young guy in, in college football where the pressure is all already high enough. So would I want Oregon to, you know, scrape the money together and be able to put forward an NIL deal that, that matches it just so they could get one guy? I don't think I would. I, I don't think I would. If they could get Nico in spite of this offer from Tennessee, I think that's great. I think that's great. And if they have to throw a little more money at him through NIL, okay, that's fine. But $8 million? $8 million? That, that's, that's more money than I would know what to do with, okay? I mean, you, you can only spend it at so many expensive golf courses before you look up and go, boy, that's just a lot of money. And if Nico ends up going to Tennessee because this deal came about, that's – Credit to the volunteers. They're adapting to the new world of college football. But I don't think Oregon is just going to get completely left behind in that sense. And, and I will reiterate once again, I stand by what I said, that in the broad landscape of college football, NIL is not radically changing how business is done. But for a small handful of recruits, and you can go back and see what I said on that episode, for a small handful of recruits who are worth even considering for a deal like this, it will be in play. It's just not going to happen very often. And so a couple, a small handful of recruits, each cycle nationwide, having their recruiting process influenced by big NIL deals, that's not going to radically shift where your recruiting class is, right? Because and you heard, uh, you might've heard that, you know, Tennessee or not Tennessee, Miami is, you know, through NIL getting each kid uh, a 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever. Every school is going to be able to afford that if they are, are paying attention. I mean, every, every, just about every Power 5 school, like it's not going to change in a radical way. That remains my argument to the day, even if Nico ends up going to Tennessee here. And I, I don't think the Ducks are going to just get left behind in the sense, right? You never want to be the, the coach or the program that is outdated, Right. You never want to be the coach or the program who's still doing this stuff like, oh, we got to do it this way. And this is how it's done. This is how it's meant to be. Sometimes that's OK, but you have to be able to adapt to the times. And Oregon has already proven that they're able to do that. I'll tell you how after I tell you about Rock Auto. And this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Your computers have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket save time and money when using rock auto prices are reliably low for every single customer they have everything you can need brake parts tail lamps motor oil new carpet they've got everything everything that you could need go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you Oregon's not going to get left behind, okay? There's a lot of money around the Oregon football program. There always has been. There always will be, especially as long as Phil Knight is there. But even after Phil Knight, Oregon's going to have plenty of money there. It's ingrained in the culture at this point. And by the way, lest we forget, Oregon, it was Oregon that was the first school in the country to establish NIL 
uh, program, resources, whatever you want to call, on its campus. So I don't expect the Ducks to get just left behind or left in the dust while while schools go and you know make these massive NIL deals. And I'm not against them. And I think Oregon needs to be able to adapt to them. But I am saying that there's a line, right? It's not that different than how you think about NFL players. I think Dak Prescott's a solid quarterback in the NFL. I wouldn't pay him $40 million ever. I would I would not do that if I were an NFL GM. And it's the same sort of thing, even with a high-profile high recruit like Nico Iamaleava, right? He's a tremendously talented player. But he comes in as a really heralded recruit. He's got all the physical gifts. You're coming to a Power 5 school. It's a big jump from high school to college. There's already a lot of things happening. If you add in the pressure to live up to what is a, a de facto contract almost of $8 million, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money and a lot of pressure to put on the shoulders of an 18-year-old kid who, who's moving away from home for the first time. So I'm not worried about it for the Ducks, whether whether Nico goes to Tennessee or not. I still hope he comes to Oregon. I, I do. I want him to come to the Ducks, but if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Oregon's not going to be left behind. The staff knows how to recruit, and they will figure it all out and bring in the sorts of players that we need to compete at the level that we're looking at. Speaking of recruiting, by the way, uh, a quote recently from a prospective Oregon recruit, 2023 cornerback Caleb Presley, a four-star, said this about the, the pitch he got from Dan Lanning and the recruiting staff or in the coaching staff, who are the recruiting staff, I suppose. Quote, they're just pitching, building the team to go compete at the highest level. I think Coach Lanning is bringing the SEC to the Pac-12, all his experience, pretty sure all the coaches he has on his staff are hand-selected. Well, that first part, we, or the second part, at least, we probably know to be true because there aren't that many connections between the assistants who have come over. There might be a couple if I sat down and looked and thought about it, but they come from all over the place, and I sort of like that. I like that you have different voices in the coaching room, and I like that you are looking for the most talented guys at each role that you can find. So I uh, I, I like hearing quotes like that. And uh, the Overton brothers, Lebius and, and Micaiah Overton, one of whom is a five-star, one of whom is a transfer from Liberty, impact player potentially on the defensive line, they were praiseworthy of Oregon's energy and opportunities. That's the quote that I saw going around. So good stuff coming from, from recruits. Always nice to hear them saying good things about, about the Oregon recruiting staff, because as we know, recruiting, very important. That's why we talk about it a lot here on the show. So rounding up or rounding off, I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to say that, but concluding <laughs> today's episode of Locked on Ducks, Remember, if you want a question answered here on the show, tweet with the hashtag AskLODPod, or you can DM me below at Smalls underscore 55 or at LockedOnDucks. Make sure you're following along with the show. And yes, I have practiced my weatherman routines here on YouTube so that I can look down to the correct side where my Twitter handle actually is in the bottom left corner of the screen, which means I have to look to my right. I'm way too proud of that, and we're moving on now. Oregon basketball picked up an opening round win in the NIT against Utah State. And look, is it a big deal? No, not particularly, but it's like the Red Box Bowl in 2018 against Michigan State. It's not program altering really one way or the other, but when you're playing on national television, I'd rather win than lose. And just as a general rule, I would rather win than lose. 
And the Ducks felt that way as well. No Will Richardson, no Enfali Dante, who are out with non-COVID illnesses. The question coming into the game, who was going to step up? Ended up being Davion Harmon and Jacob Young, who had a really strong second half. And by the way, Nate Biddle got some minutes. How about it? I'm not opposed to that at all in a situation like this where Oregon didn't reach its goals this season, but you get minutes for a guy who played sparingly this year. He came in, knocked down a three, had some solid minutes while uh, Enfali Dante was out. Had to step up, and he did. That's a good sign for the culture of Oregon basketball. Now, they started this game. It was such a strange game to to follow along with and watch. Oregon goes on a 10-0 run to start. They're down four at the half. And then, for a 16-minute stretch in the second half, which is most of it, of course, it was a 40-19 run. And that right there felt pretty good as a Duck fan because that is vintage Dana Altman. I always think of those games when Oregon went to the Sweet 16 after they had to win the Pac-12 tournament, and they did with Pritchard, Lewis King, and Kenny Wooten. That team, Ehab Amin, Will Richardson was on that team. I loved Ehab Amin. That is that's the sort of gritty guy that every college basketball team needs, just willing to do whatever is needed to win. Score, rebound, assist, defend, get on the floor. Arsalan Kazemi, that was another guy from a Sweet 16 team that lost to Louisville. Both teams, by the way, lost to the eventual national champions. That's a, a theme for Oregon basketball from time to time. But a 40-19 to 19 run through 16 minutes in the second half, I just think of those two games against Wisconsin and UC Irvine. Games close, hanging around, second half, pull away, led by the defense. Big time, started to hit some shots. Quincy Gary struggled, had a big four-point play late, though. And Eric Williams had an awesome put-back dunk off of a miss that was uh, that was fun and look it, it was nice to watch the game and see Oregon win and I'll get to Dane Altman's milestones in a minute because that'll be the positive that we end the show with today because watching this game against a quality opponent in Utah State on the road pretty darn good crowd up there in Logan Utah I just kept asking myself where was this against the Washington schools I mean, we were all thinking it, right? If you're watching or following along, you hear about the result, you had, had to look at it and go, man, we could have used that in Seattle and in Pullman when the Ducks' at-large bids were still alive. I mean, it was there were moments in that game where it felt like the Ducks thought, ah, you know, the season, it's just not going to happen this year. But going into the final two games of the regular season, Oregon was there for an at-large. And if they'd played like this, they would have gotten it. So that was a little bit frustrating. And the other thing that made me kind of chuckle is, of course, Oregon played well in this game against Utah State. Big time crowd on the road against a good team. Had them right where we wanted them, didn't we, boys? (laughs) That's been Oregon's formula this year. Bad team on the road, medium to not very good environment or bad team at home in a decent environment. Nah, that's not where this Oregon team thrives. On the road, good team, fans are loud. They showed up in a big way. And we end on some positives in this uh, episode of Locked on Ducks. Dane Altman, his 300th career win as the head coach of the Oregon Ducks. And with this victory, to start his career, and this is remarkable, 12 straight years with the Ducks. 12 straight, he's won 20 or more games. He's never won fewer than 20 or more games. Just appreciate that this is what a down year is for Oregon basketball, getting to the NIT, winning at least one game, and having 20-plus wins. 
other schools, I won't name names, have three win seasons in a down year. And I'm just saying that's not something to take for granted. It is a credit to Dane Altman. He's an awesome coach, and we're very, very lucky to have him. By the way, uh, spring sports, they've been doing pretty well. They've been doing pretty well. Uh, Melissa Lombardi has got Oregon softball off to a 19-3 and start. That's going pretty well. Baseball over the weekend, they lost their first game, first three games of the year. They're 10 and three since, and they won two of three against number two Stanford. Might be turning things around at just the right time. All things that you absolutely love to see. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.